And so I think that that takes us to the question everybody's dying to know, Lindsay. Are you there's two kinds of people in this world. You're either you're either cake or you're pie. So, Lindsay, are you a cake person or are you a pie person? Oh, my gosh. I can't have gluten, so I'm technically really neither. But <laughs> I have uh, been known to ask for cheesecake, which is really pie <laughs> on my oh birthday. My gosh, it it's is funny. really pie. I just had yeah. this week the other day. <laughs> so as a kid, I wanted my mom to make her really good cheesecake for me on my birthday rather than the traditional cake. Oh man. Now is it a regular cheesecake or is it a, like a super fancy cheesecake? It's pretty, it's pretty standard, um, but delicious. Crushed is the graham cracker crust. Yeah. So now, now I, now I got to get the gluten-free version, but, but still sometimes do. Oh man. I'm definitely a pie guy. Although I had cobbler last night and this has nothing to do with anything. I don't think, I don't think that's either cake nor pie, is it? Or is everything cake or pie? It seems, <laughs> so that's, a, that's a physics question. <laughs> that's why we bring smart people on the show to answer real questions that matter. All right, are you ready to get going? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Welcome to the CXR channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here. Good day, everybody. I'm Chris Hoyt, fan of Pi, uh, and your host for today's Recruiting Community Podcast episode. If you're new here, that's okay. Uh, we actually hope you'll make yourself at home and jump right in if listening live on Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, or Facebook. Uh, you can do that by just saying hello in the chat stream, uh, putting your social or professional profiles in there, or even asking today's guest any question that you'd like. Uh, I'll do my best to include that here with an overlay and a shout out for you. So if you're watching it, you're going to see that on the screen. And if you're listening, we'll say your name. So don't be shy. Also, uh, this show, so that you are reminded, is powered by love. That's right, love. Uh, it means we don't have any sponsors or people that actually pay or contribute in a monetary way uh, to the show. We just sit down once a week. And we actually talk to people that our community members and leaders have said they'd like to hear from uh, or learn more about. So please hit the like and subscribe buttons uh, and visit our community online at CXR.Works to literally see how you can help determine who should be next and how you might even be able to join us for a chat or two. Now, I am happy to introduce a new friend to today's episode. She is an intellectual force to be reckoned with uh, on the topic of data science and AI. Uh, and was a recent CXR community panelist where we discussed with about 40 companies or so the importance of transparency and ethics within the realm of AI. And she's a new CXR Talent Solutions community member herself. Please welcome to the show, Dr. Lindsay Zuloga. There we are. Hello, Lindsay. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me. Uh, we're, we're really excited to have you on. But before, before we jump in, I've got three or four questions I want to ask you. We've covered pie. We've covered cake. Thanks for being a pie person, by the way. Uh, why don't you give us sort of an escalator pitch about who is Lindsay and and why why should we be paying attention to what Lindsay has to say? Oh, about me, not higher view. <laughs> just about just about you. Like, give a little bit of background. What yeah. what you do at higher view would yeah. be helpful. Yeah. 
Yeah. So um, I always start with my pretty far back. I've always loved math and I didn't really understand why math was important until I took physics. So physics was a huge kind of force in my life. Um, I had a really great teacher in uh, high school who really turned me on to this is how math is used in the real world. And I thought that Mm -hmm. was really cool. So um, I was the first person in my family to go to college. I was very intimidated by studying physics. It was what I wanted to do, but I was very nervous about, you know, kind of succeeding at that. But I kept chugging along, finished uh, my undergrad, ended up going to grad school, ended up getting a PhD and doing research in physics. And um, when when I started my PhD, I really thought I wanted to work with my hands. I didn't want to sit at a computer all day. So I was an experimental physicist and uh, aligning lasers and working with nanoparticles. But much to my surprise, what I enjoyed the most was sitting at my computer and analyzing data. Um, Over so lasers. I, you so liked I, that more than lasers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a little more. When something's wrong with your your computer program, you can actually figure out why most of the time. But in the real world, there's so many variables. And I had a lot of holes burned in my shirts from (laughs) lasers. (laughs) But um, a lot of time spent in dark rooms. But uh, I, yeah, so when I transitioned, I did did a postdoc as well in Germany. And then when I transitioned into industry, I um, was kind of, you know, in this weird position where in some ways I was overqualified for a lot of entry-level jobs because I had a PhD um, and I'd been working in that academic world for years, but also underqualified because I'd never had a job before. Um, I think I really underestimated the value of connections. I kind of thought, you know, I might resume or CV, which you'd say in academia speaks for itself. And I, you know, have been doing pretty well in academia and it's very competitive. So I should be fine in the real world, as I, as I put it. But when I started applying for jobs, I was shocked at kind of how broken the whole system is. Um, and I know a lot of people who are in this position as well, where they tell you it's really important to curate your cover letter and your resume to that particular job. And so you go into some applicant tracking system, you upload those things. You've already spent hours working on that. And then you have to manually re-enter every part of your resume again into (laughs) the system. It's just painstaking. You press submit and often you never hear anything ever again. So um, that was a pretty awful experience. Um, And I know so many people that went through that who are now in good jobs and they're successful and they're doing really well. And so you have to think how many people passed them up or did they just never get seen by right. um, by the, these these companies that kind of missed an opportunity in finding did, talent? Lindsay, did you graduate yesterday? Because there's a lot of companies that's still going on. Yeah, no, I'm still a lot of companies. It wasn't too long ago. Yeah. <laughs> I like to think it was more recent than it really was. <laughs> it feels <laughs> like yesterday, but no. Um, no, so I, I I think that you know that experience. Uh, I, I got a I got into data science at a really good time when um, it was still pretty new and there wasn't data science majors. So a lot of people from different STEM backgrounds um, coming yeah. in, uh, you know, using data in the real world, uh, writing code to analyze data, all that stuff that I like. And um, and so it was kind of an opportunity when I got into it and then, you know, learned about what Hire was doing and was really excited because it tied to my own experience. And, and so um, 
So yeah, Higher View is a talent experience platform. We we are kind of known for the asynchronous video interview, which our our founder had that idea in 2004 when he 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 um, had the idea to ship everyone webcams so they could record themselves taking an interview. I, re I remember that. So I was in the space when that was still going. You know who else was in the space? Jerry Crispin was in the space. Say hello to Jerry. He just popped by. Hi, Jerry. <laughs> So Jerry, I remember when uh, this was like unbelievable. Uh, nobody, nobody could believe that an organization was shipping cameras, right? Web. I know we're totally off topic, but was shipping webcams out so that people could get, you know, make a make a better um, sort of pitch for themselves uh, and sort of get to the front of the pile. I love that. That was brilliant. But at the same time, nobody had the experience of talking to a yeah. to dead air. And yep. so, and so, the whole skill set of being able to just talk to yourself and answer questions, and still be, you know, engaged and whatever, uh, was a skill I think that uh, a new generation had to learn. Oh yeah, well, it's a good call out, right? Really struggling to to talk to the camera at all. Now we're all pros, especially given the last two years. <laughs> but yeah. Yep, it is. It is a different. I I took a higher view in my experience of applying for jobs as well, and I re I remember being pretty thrown off at just kind of what is this, right? Yeah. Um. And 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 I think now it's more and more people have experience with higher view or just you know talking to a camera, recording themselves, and and all that. The technology has lent itself really well to doing that. I still yeah. want a friendly avatar. To, to be asking me those questions. I just say, you know, Jerry, I don't think we're far from that, but you could say, well, would you like to have some semi-human thing, you know, yes. talk to you and make you feel a little more comfortable? I, I'm oh yeah, we've, we've had the discussion. It's been hotly debated <laughs> um, and kind of, you know, we don't want to be in that uncanny valley, as they say in AI, yeah. when you have some creepy, <laughs> but then you have, you have these deep fakes that can ask, ask questions. Yeah, I think there, Dude, there's you different create, You can create your own, like they could pick what celebrity uh, gets yeah. to interview them. So I'd like a Tom Cruise deep fake, or I'd like an Emily Blunt deep fake to, to interview me. Yeah. My interview with Emily Blunt would probably then be like four hours long because we just chatted up. It'd be fine. <laughs> I'm sure she would love you. Yeah, of course. The deep fake Emily would love me. <laughs> look, okay. So look, so on, on to track, Lindsay. So um, you, you are quite literally a scientist. And we have had quite a few conversations around AI and the topic of transparency within that space, right? And, and ethical AI. But let, let me ask you why you think, you sort of feel that transparency is so important when we talk about AI within the world of talent, within the world of interviews and hiring decisions. Why, why does Lindsay feel like it's such a big deal? Yeah, I think, um, so it ties back to my experience somewhat, right? With kind of, yeah. you know, it's a black box when you, when you apply through an ATS and you never hear anything back. You don't even hear back, no, you didn't get the job or here's how you did or anything like that. And so to, for the candidate to understand what's going on, I also, you know, I've been in this space for about six years with higher view and I, the change I've seen in that time is huge. Um, kind of going from a little more secretive to protecting our IP to really opening up everything that we do because we want to make sure people don't assume the worst, which was often happening, right? 
it's creepy or using a video what are they looking at could they be yeah. not hiring me because of my skin color because my eyebrow moved a little weird things like that we those kinds of questions and concerns really have pushed us more and more to open up and be very clear and it's been good because it's 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 pushed us to um also question certain things that we've done um now you know like if it's concerning their uh our, our use of video as a good example, it was really not offering a lot of predictive power and um, it was, you know, causing more concern than it was worth. So now all of our models are just based on language. So there's been kind of this healthy kind of, you know, a lot of communication between us and our expert advisory board and academics and candidates and, and audits that we've done that have kind of formed our direction. Um, and, and going, you know, really transparent more lately with our explainability statement. Um, so this is a document who, where the short version is, I think it's about 20 pages long, but um, we, there was a longer version as well, but we kind of walked through, you know, it, how we approach AI, how we use it in our system. Um, when you, certain interviews that are recorded are scored and here's how we train those algorithms. Here's the data that we're using. Here's how we test for bias. Here's how we mitigate bias if we find it. Um, all of those things are outlined for anyone to read, candidates, customers, uh, you know, any anyone interested in the system. So, um, so we hope it answers a lot of questions that people have um, or, or concerns that they may have. Yeah, and I think it's a. I mean, we sort of say tongue in cheek when we when we say it's the short version. It is the short version for real, uh, and twenty something pages is no joke. It is worth the read though to sit down and go through. And for those who are listening, uh, if you're watching live, we've got the URL up on the screen. But for those who may just be listening, it's just cxr.works/documents/hireview/explainability/statement. And there's dashes between each of those, but we will put it in the show notes too, so it'll actually be a real link. Uh, but you can check that out. Um, it is it is worth going through uh, and sort of exploring that document and the work that's gone in on it. And I imagine that this is the first iteration of this, right? I, I suspect we're going to see maybe a couple versions of this as this grows and the, and the knowledge and awareness increases. Yeah, it's a living document. So as as things change and grow, we'll we'll update it. Um, and and you know we we also have some audits out there. If you if you Google around, you can find um, a couple of audit reports that we've shared publicly as well. And I think that that's a great step. Um, audits are interesting because no one knows really what an AI audit is. And um, we, there, we did a few that kind of approach it from different lenses, but um, yeah. all of those are interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So let me ask you, um, what, what do you think are some of the ways people from your space, from our space are actually making uh, an impact or a difference outside of obviously the, the explainability statement and the tremendous amount of work that's gone into that, but, but making a difference on the topic of transparency uh, and ethics in artificial intelligence. Yeah, I think, you know, five or six years ago, that that topic was just not even a part of the data science toolbox, right. really. So it has changed it entirely where that is that's a part of data science education there it's you know it's actually not as simple as it might sound like um there are even mathematically many different definitions of fairness and bias and it's it's impossible to satisfy all of them at the same time with most real world data so you kind of have to pick which ones are important to you mm -hmm. outside of just the math 
there are many different ways of looking at fairness. Um, our audit with Kathy O'Neill is a good example of kind of looking at all the different stakeholders that interact with the system and concerns that they might have. Um, that's not just mathematical. It's, it's um, you know, kind of the, the process and functional kind of bigger picture, holistic picture. Um, but we've seen, you know, this become a really big part of the conversation in, in obviously a lot of realms, but hiring is a big one. Um, I, it, it is, you know, AI is being used at many different places in the funnel. And I'm kind of talking about the assessment piece, but mm -hmm. uh, even just to how do you source candidates? That, that sourcing is an interesting area, I think, because when we assess candidates, they've applied for a job. And so there are there are guidelines from the EEOC and there are yep. many you know precedents that have been around for decades around kind of how we define fairness in that sense. But when you're talking about before um, application, it's kind of a different world. And it's, um, you know, you have like kind of like programmatic advertising type, uh, almost like targeted marketing type issues. Mm -hmm. Where are we saying that if someone looked at handbags, we're never going to show them a software engineer role? Like who is even regulating that, right? Like that's that's yeah. just like a totally new question. So I think, you know, there are a lot of players in this space and we had, um, I sat down recently with um, you, um, with Athena from Hired Score and Barb from Sapia. It was two really great examples. Sapia put out a really great um, document on how they approach their FAIR framework. Mm -hmm. um, I know that that um, we, have, we have a couple of players in the space um, also from Pymetrics, people that have like uh, done audits or um, are testifying for uh, things like this New York City law, um, we're seeing a lot of a lot of talk in the regulatory space. So I think it's very important that we are a part of that conversation and we know the realities of of this area of the of kind of the the whole area. And I think New York City is an interesting point. Um, there are some things that lawmakers will write into a law with good intentions, but we need to weigh in. Um, in this case, well, there's well, a 10-day waiting period. Yeah, um, and I'm just, I'm going to say what you're being so nice about. Some of our lawmakers are just dumb. Like when it comes to the topic of AI, right, or it comes to the topic of even hiring and employment, some of them are just dumb. Uh, and so I think it's super important to get brilliant people in the space together, like you or Athena and Barb, like... Um, uh, Frida and many others to come together and say, look, this is what this actually means. Let us help to educate you. Right. Uh, and that's why we were excited to see the HireVue team um, uh, join this talent solutions community piece that we put together. Now, this is an effort for those um, who maybe haven't heard yet. Jerry's way more elegant than I am. But the idea here is that uh, the, the talent solutions community is establishing a baseline uh, on this topic and a few others, sort of pulling the industry together to sort of help define these challenging issues, right, together um, and getting momentum. There's a live meeting coming up. I think in Chicago, we're doing that. Uh, I love to say live meeting again. It feels so good. Uh, but where we're bringing those guys together and in no particular order, we're talking about obviously higher view uh, and some brilliant folks we've pulled in, Seekout, uh, Oracle, iSims, Hired Score, The Mom Project, great people, Spark. Uh, we've got Higher Ed, uh, College Recruiter, Shaker Advertising, Phenom Pymetric, Social Talent, Aspen Technology, Cielo Paradox, Compa, and AppCast. And I think there's a partridge in a tree uh, that we've added to that as well, that we're excited to come. It's about 21 companies that have come together. We're being incredibly particular with it, but at CEO founder level, 
that are doing exactly what you're talking about, Lindsay, is, is pushing to raise awareness and drive those legislature that, that legislature work in the right direction, right? To help provide some guidance and, and a resource and a hub of information and experts. I don't know, Jerry, if you want you want to add to that, did I miss something? You know, just just one observation in terms of the conversation that we're having is that is that when we look at all of these issues that, around transparency, a lot of them are in the past were designed around what we would do to touch the candidate, if you will. And now mm -hmm. a lot of this has to do with how the candidate perceives what we're doing to them. And and so it goes back uh, from a from an academic point of view to that uh, the set of validities that because when you when you learn in academia about validity, you learn that there's various kinds of, uh, of validity from face validity up to predictive. And the scientists love the idea of the predictive validation approaches. But fundamentally, what's what's coming to the fore with transparency is face validity. It is the perception of the candidate about what is happening to them and their perception of that being fair or not. And that's why we have so many different approaches to all of this. But in the end, it's the candidate who's going to perceive recruiting as something that is a fair competitive practice that they can engage in that doesn't screw them over. And, and if we can get to that level, because of that transparency, we are literally moving the industry and the industry should certainly have a strong voice uh, in addition to all the other folks who want to weigh in on this. Yeah. Yeah. So Lindsay, let me ask you, I mean, what, what would be a good resource, I guess, for people who, who perhaps want to dive in deeper? I obviously start with uh, the explainability statement, right? To, to work your way sort of through that. But is is there anywhere, uh, a, a podcast, a book, anything you might recommend to, to let's say a talent leader uh, or a recruiter who who just wants to learn a little bit more ab about the topic of, of ethical AI or, or making AI a, a better person in the hiring process? Anything yeah. you'd recommend? Well, obviously your community is a good one. Um, <laughs> shout out. Um, I think, you know, we, we uh, participated with the Data Trust Alliance. Uh, and that's, a, a, that's something that I think within the last year, they've come out with kind of guideline framework. If you're looking at vendors in this space, what questions do you want to ask? Um, there's a lot of uh, I know Athena mentioned the World Economic Forum has a council mm -hmm. on AI. I also think just kind of keeping an eye high level on the regulatory legislative space, there's a lot going on and it is going to be really hard to keep up with all the individual states, but it looks like that's the way it's going to go. So you're, but we're going to see a lot of the same themes um, that probably are co coming out of Europe um, that a lot of states will adopt. So it's already starting to happen and, and yeah. a lot to keep up. With. It's, a, it's a good call out because we do see a lot of, uh, from a data privacy standpoint, and fair, we're seeing a lot of it sort of develop in, in, um, in Europe, and specifically out in the UK, and, and sort of come over slowly but surely uh, mm -hmm. into our practices here. So it's, it is a good call out to keep an eye on, on across and, the and, pond, so to speak. And Lindsay, have you come across PIA? Uh, I think it's a group uh, that uh, Vizier has been heavily engaged with, or uh, Lexi Martin, who, who oh, was with 
I haven't. Yeah. Uh, I'll actually pull that up, Jerry. If you want to talk it's about just, it, I'll pull it up and put a link in. Full intelligence alliance. Yeah, I, I think it's another effort of again our industry trying to do something in a collaborative basis, specifically on some of the technology issues. And I just uh, I just connected Frida with um, Lexi Martin, who is heading up that group. Uh, and she's been a long-term uh, PhD who's very, very a, a, a much an advocate in this area. So I'd be happy to connect you as well. Great. Sounds great. Yeah, here we go. I just pulled up her profile. I'll share it. She's on. I'll put this on here in the chat real quick on LinkedIn. Anybody's interested? Let's see. So yeah, finding ways that we can find more collaboration with folks who can agree that we should be moving in a particular direction, I think lends kind of a catalyst feel to to uh, building a voice uh, for our industry. Yeah, and I think most people in the industry are broadly supportive of the regulation that's being brought at, brought to the fore. I mean, it's it's all of it's kind of saying, hey, if you're using AI in this space, you still need to be following the rules. And right. most of us are hopefully so but then then there's weighing in on kind of the details like like that that aren't really i mentioned the 10-day waiting period if you make people wait 10 days they might not get the job right like there's a lot of things that that are kind of throwing sand in the gears but in the wrong place and so i think it's it's really important for us to be active and and making comments and, and kind of educating legislators on that cool yeah there you go threw that on there so, so there's a, it's peopleintelligence.org as we can find out more. If you're watching, uh, if you're watching on the video stream instead of just listening, we had put Lexi Martin's uh, LinkedIn profile up there. She's been a guest on the show as well. You can listen to a past episode there. Uh, Lindsay, for the sake of time, uh, I'm going to ask you the question that we ask everybody uh, before we close out the show. If you were going to write a book on this topic, what would the title of that book be? I think um, I would say because I've been on both sides of this hiring, um, this hiring interaction. I think of it as I would, um, I would name my book "Needles in the Haystack." There's not just one needle, but there are many. So how are you going to find find those people, right? And we talk about how things how things used to be, and sometimes people think it's still this way, where you go down and you get an application, fill it out, and you apply for a job, but a brick and mortar place and and it is just that world is so far gone every every position has hundreds or thousands of applicants and that is just the reality of what we have to deal with so many of these solutions aren't perfect but we there is no perfect solution um so how do you kind of you know what's best for those needles in the haystack and what's best for the person who's trying to find the needles to kind of get rid of, of people who aren't a good fit and and find and find the right fit um is, is kind of the way i think about it a lot i like it i love it actually so now now i'm really going to put you on the spot who gets the first signed copy <laughs> well since you asked i guess it's you yeah this whole idea <laughs> my book career was all because you asked that question Man, I'm just glad I could contribute in some way. I'm just excited about that. Nobody ever gives me the copy. We've been asking that question for a year. Nobody gives it. Thank you, Lindsay. Appreciate it. 
appreciate you. All right. Well, speaking of appreciate you, we are so grateful for your time today. Thank you for cutting out of your busy schedule to just give us a couple of minutes and share your insights. I hope that some folks connect with you directly online uh, and that this is beneficial. And I, I really look forward to seeing you at some of the uh, TSC events coming up. Yes. Thank you so much. It was fun chatting with you both. All right. Good stuff. I'm going to put you both back in the green room. So hang out. Please don't go anywhere. And there we go. And I've got my little list here I'm going to share with you. Coming up uh, at cxr.org slash events, we have an employer branding meeting. That is tomorrow, actually, on August 3rd for our members. We are also doing a solution spotlight on CrossCheck with CEO Mike Fitzsimmons. Now, that's on the 4th. Uh, what is that? That's two days away. Uh, and we've got Charlie Franklin, the CEO of Compa, who's going to be on the 9th. So those will be a lot of fun for our members to sit down and kind of talk about what's what with both of those services and solutions providers. Uh, we are bringing in also Andrew Flowers. Now, he is the lead labor economist at AppCast. He's also the director of research over Recruitonomics. Uh, he's going to be on the 4th, and he's going to be talking about what the rest of this year looks like through his eyes and what we should be watching out for. Uh, also, you can find all of this also at cxr.org slash podcast. Uh, ahead, we have an interview with our friend Madeline Loreno. She'll be back uh, on the 9th. Now, she's going to share with us what recruiting tech trends she feels we should sort of be paying attention to uh, and really keeping our eye on. And also ahead, we've got Sarah White, Athena Karp, Lena Mockbach, and Dave Smallwood. So again, go to cxr.works uh, and check out the events page. Make sure you don't miss any of these awesome, awesome lineups. With that, I want to say thank you to everybody, and we are going to see you next week. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the CXR channel. Please subscribe to CXR on your favorite podcast resource and leave us a review while you're at it. Learn more about CXR at our website, cxr.works, facebook.com and twitter.com slash career crossroads, and on Instagram at career xroads. We'll catch you next time.